Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Live on the free Odyssey app. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. I'd hate to go against a kneecap cannibal. And Chris Ello. Braden, stick to the teams you know about, <laughs> yeah. will you? Come on. <laughs> Purple man. It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! Plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our fearless producer! Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Well, we've made it to the end of the week. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of Gwen and Chris live from the beautiful campus of Lacosta Canyon High. Scraby's mm-hmm. old stomping ground. I would hope you say that because uh, I was going around just looking at all the different things and reminiscing on the good old days of high school, Tony. Yeah, they definitely uh, they, they definitely want to make sure you know about the CIF titles they have. They uh, have them displayed right at the front of the gymnasium where we are posted up. Of course, tonight is a uh, big rivalry between oh, is it uh, ever, two Tony? schools on the hardwood tonight. Torrey Pines, Falcons come in to... La Costa Kane to take on the Mavericks uh, should be a, a, a good game. This, this rivalry is um, is long lasting. Yes, it's storied actually. Yes, you know, back in football days, Tony, when I played, there was uh, the football team. Back had when I played, back when I played in 1999. <laughs> I mean, how long was that? But uh, they, Torrey Pines, had always beat us up until that point. And so it wasn't until my junior year that we finally beat Torrey Pines. And I will always say that we are the first team to ever beat Torrey Pines in football. You guys had a pretty good football. quarterback that year. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, <laughs> yes, yes. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. He went to the NFL. I don't know if you've heard of him. Now, I, Chris had texted us beforehand that he might be late, but I think he ended up getting here on time. Chris Ello, are you in, are you in the building? Or a building? I'm in the building. I do know my way to San Jose, guys. Uh, I oh, did make wow. it. And, uh I'm ready to roll. Uh, I just want to make sure that they were able to clean off Scraby's statue, all the uh, bird droppings, make sure it looks <laughs> the presentable. Bird, why do they have bird droppings on it? Because <laughs> it's your statue. That's the kicking spot for the birds, man, your statue. Yeah, that's, <laughs> where, where, birds, that's where they that's all where go the hang out. Hey, at <laughs> least I got a statue. Costa Canyon. That's right. At least you got a statue. So, no, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I wish I could be there with you guys today for sure, but uh, – it's fun that we're getting to do a you know another high school day and it is going to be a good game tonight. Torrey Pines, I know, has a really good team coming in there, so uh, it'll be a good challenge for uh, La Costa Canyon and uh, we'll have some fun today because we get to talk to both the coaches later. So it's 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 a fun way to go into the Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Super Bowl weekend has finally come. We're two days away from uh, kickoff on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Hugh Darvish has his co- press conference today after the signing the six-year, $108 million contract. We'll play you some sound from both A.J. Preller and Hugh Darvish in this segment. Uh, we've got uh, both coaches from LCC. we got David Cassall from uh, from Torrey Pines High. We have John Olive. So 
it's this is a, a full show today. Scraby, we had a we had a little discrepancy earlier <laughs> today. We had some uh, copyright infringement issues for Scraby. He, he he has an idea for what he wanted to call uh, Scraby's mini fantabulous sports game show. Yeah, there were some infringement yeah. rights. Uh, obviously, well, I wasn't even, he didn't even. He didn't even run it past me, so I've had no. my lawyers get in touch with his people. <laughs> yeah, and, he uh, did. There's going to be a, there will be a suit followed, suit filed in the in the superior court here shortly. I, you know, I, think I mean, you can at least I, I ask think... if you can use my title. <laughs> well, I came up with the name originally, so I feel like I had a liberty on it. Listen, I I, I will say this, uh, Chris. I don't think lawyers will have to be involved. He has backed off. Yeah. Of calling it. Oh, good. A fantabulous sports game show. So he has changed the name. What, what name are we going with today? It's going to be Scraby's One Time Super Bowl Sports Game Show. <laughs> there, there, there you go. The One Time <laughs> Sports okay. uh, Super Bowl Game Show. You'll get a piece of that in the four o'clock it's, hour. It's similar to Chris's Fantabulous Sports Game Show, except for it's going to be between Tony and Chris, and it's it's, that's it's the, a pretty that's, easy. Thing. That's the only thing that changes. Uh, Scraby finds his way out of playing, so that he yeah. can. The reason I did this is because I feel like this one is a tough enough one that both of you are going to have to rack your brains on. Oh, is that right? Yes. All right. Absolutely. Well, uh-huh. well let's let's get All to right. let's get, let's, uh-huh. get, let's get to you, Darvish's press conference. Obviously, yesterday the news broke that um, he's going to be a Padre probably until he retires. Uh, six years, one hundred and eight million dollars uh, extension that starts this year. He'll get thirty up front, so it seems like it's front loaded. Well, let's hear from you, Darvish, uh, on why he wanted to return here to San Diego. You know, it's definitely a great day. Um, you know, just, you know, being able to stay here for another couple more years. Um, San Diego has a great fan base. Um, obviously, you know, this is a top-class organization. And, um, you know, just to be able to, uh, you know, play here for another couple more years, it's it's it's. It's huge for me. I'll just keep on doing what I've been doing, um, work hard as I can, and uh, compete and try to be the best that I can. That was you, Darvish. Uh, well, really, his interpreter, Ashingo, was, was, was actually. I was going to say, you, Darvish, has been working on his English while he's been away. <laughs> he was, I, had, I, I had to turn my mic off and ask Scraby. I was like, wait, wait, what's going on here? Then I realized, yes, yeah. that's, that's, that's you's translator, but. Sounds like he, he has really enjoyed his time here in San Diego, Chris. Um, and we'll yeah. get into what something A.J. Preller said, but he and Joe Musgrove have kind of set the tone for what I think the Padres uh, will look for moving forward. As a matter of fact, we'll, we'll hear that from A.J. Preller, but it was just nice to hear how much he enjo- has enjoyed being here in San Diego. Well, you know, that's one that's one of the sales points, right, for any athlete. I mean, uh, if you're – if you're going to be willing to compete with the New Yorks and the Philadelphias and the Los Angeleses of the world in terms of spending, not only are you going to be able to compete with them, Tony, you're going to have an advantage. I mean, because, I mean, how many former athletes live in San Diego or guys that play here for, you know, one year out of their career, you know, and they wind up living in San Diego? You, I know you work out with a lot of those guys and run into them uh, up in North County, but I mean... San Diego is such a great place to live. And so yeah. you get a player like you, Darvish, and he gets his family settled in here. And I, I believe the same thing's happened with Manny Machado, and I think yeah. that's why the Padres have a good chance to re-sign him, hopefully. And, 
And I and I'm hoping that the same thing's going to happen with Juan Soto now that he's had a chance to be here for a while and really get settled in. So this doesn't surprise me. I mean, San Diego's. I mean, I don't know. Is there a place in Major League Baseball that players universally like to go play better than San Diego? I don't no. think so. I don't think there is. You know, you know, there might be some that are uh, that are equal, but not better. The interesting thing was that's always been the sentiment for players, but the last remaining piece was the actual people in charge looking yeah. like presenting that they wanted to win. And that's really what's changed. The city has remained the same from the moment I, I stepped, uh, or I, uh, you know, I was uh, here. You know, it, it hasn't changed from when my dad was playing. The only thing that's changed is uh, the idea of, of, of pursuing a championship in like a real way. And I think that's um, that's been where the Padres have been over the last Shoot, I, I, four or five years at this point, they've been really kind of pushing that 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 message. And you know, he, I think for you, Darvish, when this contract popped up yesterday, one of the things that, um, you know, I think the Padres really tapped into was having him kind of, you know, be a part of the future plans. You, Darvish, truly honored uh, to be a part of the Padres' plan. Just tremendously honored to be in their plan, you know. Um, you know, obviously this organization is going the right way uh, as far as winning games and, you know, uh, just being considered uh, as part of that piece is very honoring. Yeah, and that's uh, – if having got to know you a little bit in his time here, Chris, that's – I could see that being something of – as he said, he put it in the words of he's honored to, to, to be able to be a part of this because I think he knows where this could lead to. You know, the other thing is, too, I mean, Darvish is – I don't think that we're – we give enough credit to you, Darvish, um, yeah. in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, Tony. I mean, first, we know he's an excellent pitcher. But just think about the fact that he's the guy that, for the most part, is going to draw the other team's number one ace pitcher. You know, as yeah. the course of the season goes along, those things change a little bit. But when you get to postseason play – you need a game one starter. Every team needs a game one starter. you got to go have somebody you can rely on to go out and take the bump and get you off to a good start in a playoff series. And, you know, you, Darvish, he matches up against Max Scherzer in the first yep. round. You know, he matches yep. up against Urias in the second round. He matches up against Aaron Nola in the third round. I mean, that's the guy that, you know, you're going to send out there and feel comfortable that you can get off to a good start in any playoff series. And, you know, I, I see him being that guy for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he he'll we'll get to him talking about how long he thinks he can pitch. But this was the piece of the the press conference that I think um, was the most important part because I think it sets the stage for what the Padres are looking for moving forward from the pitcher. This comes from AJ Preller, and he's talking about the work ethic of you, Darvish. I think the other part that we want to talk about as well was a, was a definite factor in our decision. It's just what he brings to the table from a work standpoint. And, you know, I think, you know, the two pitchers that we've signed here over the last six, eight months, Joe Musgrove and, and Hugh Darvish, they exemplify everything that we want, you know, our staff and our, our players to be about there. You know, if you see the, the work that you puts in in the offseason, the attention to his craft, there's no, no secret sauce for why he's one of the best performers in the game. He's incredibly curious. Uh, he loves loves the game of baseball, and he works like he's you know the 26th man on the roster when he's you know the, the you know as, as as good as any pitcher in the game of baseball and, and a top of the rotation type starter. And I think for us, 
um, you know, having you and, and along with Joe in our rotation and, and being guys that confront uh, front of rotation and from a work ethic standpoint, a process standpoint, I think uh, for the next, you know, five plus seasons, six years for you, I think it was uh, really, really important. And, and I think the last part, you know, overall from, from our organization, again, like showing a commitment, Peter Seidler, our group, um, you know, just showing commitment to our fans, to our team, to the community that when we get elite players and elite talents um, and guys that on and off the field exemplify what, what we're looking for from a work standpoint, a leadership standpoint, we're going to do everything that we can to keep them here in San Diego so the fans know, you know, when they're when you're coming out to see Padre baseball, you're going to be able to see a great talent like you, Darvish. So it's a really exciting day for, uh, for myself and for the franchise, and uh, I'm really excited to have you here for, uh, you know, hopefully to end his career with the Padres. Chris, I, I can't stress how important that element is. I, I, I think about uh, the, when I when I was with the Brewers playing against the Cardinals, right, knowing that they had a guy like Carpenter and Wainwright uh, in their rotation. And what I found out as you play those guys often is there's a certain level of expectation that they command of every pitcher that walks into that locker room. And – with Joe, and it's, and it's much to you look around the league, you can find different organizations that have had sustained success, and I promise you they have pitchers or a pitcher in their rotation that commands that from everybody, that commands that type of commitment from everybody. And it's not going to always look, to, it's not going to always present the same way, but when you walk into the Padres locker room, no matter who it is moving forward, uh, you are going to know that there is a certain level of work and expectation that is going to be required if you're going to mesh with this unit uh, the way you would like to. And I just think that's so important. It's a tone setter. And the fact that A.J. pointed it out as part of the reason why they bring it out, bring it up, I think they're in tune with that. So when they're, when they're looking out for free agents or people they may want to add, that's going to be something that's going to have to – a box that's going to have to be checked, Chris. Yeah, every every good team has great leadership, and and the good thing about the Padres is is, you know, now I mean they they've got it on on the offensive side. I mean, if you're going to come and be in this lineup with Manny Machado and and with Juan Soto, uh, you're going to have to bring it every single day. They're 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 not going to settle for anything less than that. And I think the same goes now for the pitching staff with Darvish and Musgrove there. Uh, they're the gatekeepers of what the Padres organization is going to expect, and I, I agree with you 100%. There's no successful team in any sport that doesn't have great leadership from within the team. I, I, I know I'm just this is a totally different level, but I'm talking about this year's Aztec women's basketball team, and you know, traveling with these kids and talking to Coach Stacy Terry Hudson a couple of weeks ago, and she said the biggest difference this year and why this team is winning as opposed to past years when it didn't win is that we have great leadership on this team. We have kids that speak up at halftime and make speeches and get the other kids to focus in. Mm. Um, Brian Dutcher said the same thing to us about the men's team, that the best college basketball teams are the ones that are driven by the players on the team. And so you can you can connect that to Major League Baseball because yeah. Bob Melvin can do whatever he wants to do. A.J. Preller can do whatever he wants to do. But the players, they want to play up yeah. to the level of their peers. For sure. For sure. And Bob knows that a manager can only do so much. He, he has to have players with the right type of voices 
that that carry, and, and he certainly has he has more than a few in this team. All right, let's uh, as we get before we get to break, we're going to start off the show with a prize. Now, in order for you to qualify this for this prize, you're going to need a passport, right? Yes. Uh, you're going to need a passport because we are giving a pair of tickets to tonight's club Tijuana game against St. Louis. Uh, the what is that? The the uh, Zolos. The Zolos play in Tijuana, so you have to be able to get across the border. Allah have a passport and also have a passport to get back. The game is at seven ten tonight. So how are we giving away these tickets? I think it's Super Sunday. Whoever Frank wants to pick up is the one who gets those so tickets. So our man Frank, who is in the Odyssey at the Odyssey Empire, it is all in your hands, my friend. He is going to pick whatever caller calls in. Right now, 833-288-0973. Meanwhile, we're going to get to break when we come back. There may be an opening in a different conference for San Diego State. We'll explain when we return. We're going to Chris. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Location is there are certain things out of your control. One of which is screening phone calls. <laughs> Completely out of Scraby's hands, it's out of my hands, it's out of Chris's hands. And so we're leaning on Frank. Frank says we need to take this next call. Now, uh, what is the gentleman's Mike name? Mike in San Diego. Mike in San Diego, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, Good afternoon Mike. Mike. Tony, your, your daughter plays soccer, right? She does. Okay. The word is Cholos, boys. Tijuana Cholos. Oh, gosh. Uh, see, see. <laughs> you, Mike, thank you for, your, you thank have, you for the you have access. You have access to Craig Elston, no? I do. I do have access Lean to Craig. Lean on that man. He is knowledgeable in the area. All right. All right, I will yes. do that. Mike. And and the other day, you guys mentioned something about some of the most winning franchises here in San Diego, and I believe that you missed out on the San Diego Soccer's winning 15 national championships. You know what? You're absolutely right. We did not mention the Soccer's who did have a long run of winning. Mike, thank you for the phone call. Thanks for schooling me, man. The, cho- the what was it? The, the, the Cholos. Cholos right? I, I, yeah, I, I said Zolos because I, I thought I've heard that before, but again, I, I need to stop going. Shame on me for listening to you, Scrape. No, you don't have to be shamed. You don't have to be shamed. <laughs> I think that I, I uh, just need to maybe look at things a little bit more than I think I do. I Mike, just want, I just call, want Mike to realize, I want Mike to realize, guys, that we've come a long way, though. I mean, yeah. We may have messed up Cholos, but we're we're not saying Juventus anymore. Well, why did we that have, have to come up? <laughs> That's have, right. Juventus. We have made strides. We have made strides in the soccer world. Yeah. For the days good? when Scraby called them instead of Juventus, he called them Juventus. Yeah. One of the all-time mispronunciations in radio history. He's right. I did come a long way, and Dave Marcus was listening at that moment, and he comes down the line in the next break, and he goes, Scraby, actually, it's uh, Juventus. I'm like, what? Juventus? <laughs> that is an all-time great that is true. right there. Um, That's that is true. Uh, at some point today, we, we gave away the Cholo tickets already. 
Uh, at some point today, you have a chance to possibly get some spring training tickets for the Padres. Uh, you can qualify for that grand prize. That'll be two tickets to a Padres spring training game, a $500 Southwest gift card uh, to get you there, and a $500 Visa gift card to find a place to stay. Go to PeoriaSportsComplex.com for tickets and info. Again, we are here at the beautiful campus, uh, La Costa Canyon, as they get ready to take on uh, the Torrey Pines Falcons. Uh, both of these, this is a big, uh, a big rivalry between the two teams. Um, and they've had a matchup already once this year. Uh, Torrey Pines, I think, winning by 13 uh, the last time these two uh, squared off. So the La Costa looking for some get back on their home floor. Uh, we'll take they got to come into Scraby's house tonight, Tony. They got to right. come into Scraby's house. That's right. Whenever Tory Pines gets here, I'm going to stare each and every one of them in the eye and say, "You're just a Falcon. I'm a Maverick." <laughs> and they're all going to Top walk Gun by that. Maverick. They're all going to walk by the uh, droppings on your statue and wonder who is that guy. <laughs> They'll be like, "See the, that statue with all the droppings on it? That is mine." Now, I, I think it was maybe last week or two weeks ago, um, Oklahoma and Texas. Leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC early seemed dead. Well, that apparently was uh, was just talk because they have agreed in principle to pay the Big 12. I'm talking Oklahoma and Texas. They are going to play the Big 12 a total of $100 million. They are paying to get out of this conference to go to the SEC starting in 2024, a year earlier than had originally intended the conference announced Thursday night. So, um, it seemed like the tag, that price tag, was not going to be reached, Chris. It has reached, and by them being able to leave, you're going to have USC and UCLA leaving early. You're going to have two, I'm sorry, to the um, to the Big Ten, right? You're going to have yeah. Oklahoma and Texas leaving early from the Big 12 to the SEC. And so that opens the door for a school like San Diego State that has certainly, uh, I think, been looking to upgrade in a conference and it may say, turn out that they have a, a couple of choices now. Well, if they end up having choices, that's that's music to my ears. And, uh, you know, I think it's all, it, so much of it is behind the scenes that it's really difficult to comment on it a is. lot of it. It is. But, you know, I've said it all along, Tony. Uh, if, if you gave me a choice and I was San Diego State, I would have to choose the Big 12 just because the Big 12 seems more stable than the Pac-12 does. Um you know, I, I love if you, you, you know, I would love to be in the Pac-12 with Stanford and with Cal and the Arizona teams and the Oregon teams and the Washington teams. And because, you know, it's a regional conference. I think it would be fantastic. You'd have Utah, Colorado, et cetera. And then the Aztecs moving in there to take, you know, the spot of USC or UCLA. I just don't think the Pac-12 is going to look like that for another yeah. 20 years. I, I Maybe not even part. look like that for another two years. I mean, I think teams like Oregon, teams like Washington, teams like whatever, Stanford, Arizona, they're too attractive to these other monster conferences that are coming in right now. And it's just, I think you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not thinking straight if you, if you accept a bid to the Pac-12 and expect that the Pac-12 is going to stay the same way that it is now. So the Big 12... Sure, they might lose a couple of members along the way, but I feel like the Big 12 is always going to be one of the major conferences. And you look at what the Big 12 has done, too, in basketball. They've added Houston. They've added BYU. They've added um, Central Florida. But 
look, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, uh, Baylor, uh, TCU, the basketball in the Big 12 is going to be off the charts. And the Aztecs should be able to compete with them, I would think, you know, pretty much soon or right away. And, you know, football, they just had a team in the national championship game out of that conference. So I think the Big 12 is more stable, and I hope that, you know, I've said it all along, I hope the Aztecs are going to pursue that, you know, as, as well as the Pac-12. Yeah, on July 1st of this year, the Big 12 will officially add BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston. It will yeah, compete at yeah. a 14-team league for the upcoming season. Sources told ESPN recently that both parties were interested in finding a way for those schools to leave early, but when the ad directors and the presidents met last week in Dallas, there was no resolution. It was a quick change that even surprised some leadership within the league on Thursday afternoon when they came to this agreement that uh, both Texas and Oklahoma would leave. So uh, there's a lot to be kind of ironed out. We'll see exactly where it goes. Uh, But certainly, I I agree with you, Chris, as much as, you know, you and I both have grown up watching the Pac-10 at the time to move to the Pac-12 and it always being this, you know, kind of – pie in the sky, if you will, for a San Diego State. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like um, maybe that's not the best way to go because of the uncertainty of how that conference will look moving forward. But um, it's certainly, you know, because the last thing San Diego State wants to do is make a move and be in a similar situation that they're in right now, right? And that's that's a possibility for the Pac-12 if some of the other teams that are in the Pac-12 right now start to bounce. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Now, the Pac-12 is better than staying where they are. So let's right. not right. totally right. blow the Pac-12 idea out of the Touché. water. But it's, I don't think it's as good as the Big 12. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, Scraby, you got something? I have an update on the pronunciation of that word. I'm not even going to say the word. I have had uh, multiple people reach out in my DMs at Matt Scraby. Thank you to Alex Lizarraga, and thank you to Dago Brown for saying it's Sholos. Sholos. They said, uh, Dago said, pronounced with an S, not a Z or a C. And he you. said he loves that, loves Fridays that he can listen, and he's going to be listening to a lot of us real Sholos. soon. Sholos. Yes. And Tim in Chula Vista is going to the game tonight. Good looking out. Uh, everybody who reached out to Scraby and his DMs to. Uh, Sholos. Sholos to correct us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that what uh, Matt said? Did he? Did Me? He, no. Or, sorry, no, he said Sholos. Mike. He said Cholos, Mike said yeah. Cholos, yeah. He said mm. with a ch sound. So you know, Mike, Mike I'm going to stand on. <laughs> you, know, you know, Mike, I'm going to appreciate you for trying to. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. He at least alerted us that we were on the wrong track. You're right. I'm not going to take yes, the low hanging fruit and blame. <laughs> no doubt. All Sorry, right, well, Chris. I, I know you're trying to I, say I will, something. I would be happy to take it. <laughs> I'm the sure. low hanging fruit. Sure you, sure if you're going to, if you're going to call in and correct us, you better darn well be right. no doubt all right let's get to break when we come back the nfl handed out some awards and i tell you what they probably made my partner chris ello not with the awards but with the hall of fame announcements they probably made my man chris hello a extremely happy person i'll explain on the other end more gwen and chris on the way Thirty-seven on the clock live here from La Costa Canyon. Mavericks Falcons on the hardwood. Two teams that uh, are two schools, I should say. I don't know if the teams don't like each other, but schools traditionally 
our you know best friends. All I gotta say is that the Costa Canyon basketball guys better not like the Torrey Pines basketball now, guys. Now, now, <laughs> Costa Canyon in league uh, sits atop uh, or sits in second place, uh, just ahead of Torrey Pines. They're Costa's fifteen and eleven overall. They're six and three in the Palomar Conference. Torrey Pines is eighteen and nine overall. They're five and four in the conference. So. Uh, these two could be jostling for for position here in the in the conference um, as we move along. We'll take that. We'll take our coverage up to six o'clock. Game tip off is at seven o'clock. Uh, also, you guys uh, can uh, log in to uh, log in and listen to ninety seven three the fan on the Odyssey app or on ninety seven three the fan sd dot com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. To Coldplay's sold-out show at Snapdragon Stadium on September 27th. Every hour you listen now through February 19th equals one entry in the contest. Now, to the news that I think we should start with first. For the last, I don't know, how long have we been doing this show? Uh, five years in March. Five years in March. Um, every year that they have put out the Hall of Fame, uh, Coriel has been passed over. Yeah. And Chris, every year is irritated and usually usually gives a a, a, a a speech basically on why it is ridiculous. So I said what I said leading into or going into break last uh, the last segment because that is no longer the case. Don Coriel is included in the class of twenty twenty three Pro Football Hall of Fame. Chris the floor is yours. Well, first of all, I don't want to—I don't want to overlook the fact that he's in the Hall of Fame, and, and it is exciting, and, and I'm proud of Don Coryell, you know, finally getting honored. Uh, it's a shame still that he didn't get a chance to see it in his lifetime. I mean, yeah. you know, we've we've talked about it for the last five years, and other people have talked about it for a lot longer than that. I know the late great Jerry McGee, sports writer at the San Diego Union Tribune who covered the Chargers back in Coriel's years, you know, he, he worked tirelessly to try and get Coriel, you know, into the Hall of Fame. And it took too, it took far too long. I yeah. mean, if you believe that he is a Hall of Famer now, then he should have been a Hall of Famer 15 years ago. So that's the only, you know, negative. I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too down about it because, I mean, it is exciting that he finally got recognized and, People will now go into Canton and they'll see Don Coriel there and they'll, you know, hopefully read up on, you know, what he meant to the game of pro football. So, you know, in that regard, they got it right, but it took them a lot longer than it should have to get it right. What'd you say? We're on the radio right now. <laughs> we, uh, we have some people coming by right now wondering what's going on, Chris. That was the delay there. I wasn't sure. Yeah, but uh, La Costa Kane's okay. uh, soc- women's soccer team yeah. is uh, headed to Del Norte to have a big matchup. So good luck to them uh, yes. as they go down to Del Norte. And uh, I know that's a pretty good squad down there. So it should be a pretty good game. But to back to what you were saying, Chris, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's, it is, that is the sad part, right, is that he never got a chance to go through the whole experience that some of these guys uh, that will, will get to have as they are inducted into the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Rondé Barber is a name, uh, de- defensive back for the Bucks. Uh, he's going in. Darrell Revis, Revis Island, he also will be inducted. Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas finally gets in. DeMarcus Ware, as we mentioned, Don Coriel, Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, and Ken Riley. 
round out the class of 2023. Uh, we got some interesting things that we, we got to hear from, from Dion uh, on, on some of this. Uh, we'll play that for you in the Big Five. But, Chris, they also uh, finally gave out some of those awards. And one of the – I believe it was a, a little nugget you gave us maybe as we went into the first week of, of Super Bowl uh, – or the, the off week of Super Bowl, I should say – I think we, we came across a stat line that says something along the lines of like nine straight MVPs that have gone on to the Super Bowl have all lost. I think nine oh, in wow. a row. Uh, I think yeah. you gave us that. Well, they'll have another opportunity oh, to crack gosh. that because Patrick Mahomes is the MVP uh, in this 2023-2022-2023 season. Uh, he'll have a chance to, to maybe break that terrible streak for MVPs in Super Bowls, Chris. Yeah, and it's uh, not only been nine in a row, it's been uh, since 1999 was the last time somebody won an MVP and a Super Bowl in the same year. That was Kurt Warner. So Mm. it's a 23-year drought uh, between MVPs winning Super Bowls. I I think it was really surprising, guys, that Patrick Mahomes won the MVP award by the margin that he won it by. See, I didn't even see the margin. was, Was it big? It was humongous. I mean, he got 48 of the 50 first place votes. I mean, there was only one vote for Jalen Hurts and there was one vote for Josh Allen. And Patrick Mahomes was 48 votes for first and two votes for second. So it wasn't even a contest. And I I really thought it should have been a contest. I I thought Jalen Hurts had an MVP-worthy type of season. I think Josh Allen had an MVP-worthy type of season. Remember, this is the regular season. You can't they don't vote after the playoff games and, and say, well, you know what, Josh Allen, the Bills lost to the Bengals, so that's knocking him off. No, you vote on what they do during the regular season. Uh, Joe Burrow finished fourth, but um, Justin Jefferson was fifth, and I thought Jefferson probably should have been a little higher, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. He was named the Offensive Player of the Year. If you're the Offensive Player of the Year, well, all the guys who beat you out for MVP play offense, so... That's a little strange to me. but <laughs> That's a good that's a great point. point. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't – yeah, I don't know how that happened. But I just don't understand – you know, I just didn't agree with the with the margin. I mean, I, I – Did you agree – did, probably... did you disagree with the actual MVP pick? No, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, so I you're, think you're, Hertz you're, had – Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, yeah, I think Hertz fell off a little bit at the end because he got hurt. But I just didn't think Patrick Mahomes was that much better than Jalen Hurts this year and, you know, that much better than the rest of everybody in football. I I think he's phenomenal, don't get me wrong, and I've talked about how great he is for the last month straight. But I didn't see him getting 48 votes to only two for Jalen Hurts, and that, that surprised me. I wonder how much of that. Actually, only one for Jalen Hurts and one for Josh Allen. I wonder how much of that is the Tyreek Hill effect. Because most of the most people, most pundits, thought he was going to take a step back without Tyree Kill and losing that type of weapon. Where you look at, you look at, um, gosh, why am I always forgetting his name? Uh, quarterback for Phillies, for Phillies, for, for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> um, when you look at him, all he did was have weapons added to his team this off season. Nevertheless, I agree with you. He, he should have got – I mean, I didn't see the votes. So I'm just taking your word for it. Getting one first-place vote seems a little insane to me. I mean, his the season he was having prior to um, his injury was, was – was, I thought was on par, right? At one point, I think both of us agreed that 
uh, Jalen Hurts might have had the lead at one point, but based off of those, that voting, he didn't lead at any point to get one first yeah, place right. vote. Yeah, right. I mean, he just ended up getting trounced in the in the in the final balloting. So it, that was a little bit of a surprise. I will say yeah. this: I I commend the voters for one of their choices. Uh, Brian Dable, easy win over Kyle Shanahan for Coach of the Year. I, I know think, why he's saying you know, that. Easy win. <laughs> I know why he's saying that. You know why? Because Brian Dable was able to protect his quarterback all year. He didn't mm. He didn't get four quarterbacks sent to the injured list. You know the course of the do season. I need to list the injuries you know, again? Hold up. You know what's funny, Chris? <laughs> you know what's funny? I had I went, I had, went and got my hair cut today at the barbershop. Not a 49er fan. It's the first time I'd seen him since the loss. And you know the first thing he said to me? His first words were, I blame Kyle Shanahan. I, and I'm not oh, making this up. come on. I am not making this up. He specifically pointed to getting two quarterbacks hurt as the reason why. Now, he didn't clarify which quarterbacks. I didn't add. But I, my antennas immediately went up when he said it. Because I was like, you know yep. what? My partner, Chris, has been saying this since, the, since that game, as a matter of fact. So it's not just you, it's not just a non 49er fan feeling that way. You know, I think um, you're me and your guy. Yeah, we would not get along in the world of 49ers <laughs> land. We would not. Maybe <laughs> elsewhere we would, but I just I, I mean the season's over. How I'm handling it is you just ready to move on. Great, great season. Let's just see what happens next year. Yeah, spoken like a. True winner. <laughs> True. Did you guys, like, I know we're still going through some of these awards, but yeah, I wanted to talk to about Kelly Clarkson real quick. She hosted the NFL award show. And roasted. And roasted. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> great, great uh, word right there. Chris, you probably didn't get to see it, but she, her opening monologue, she wore a Dallas Cowboys dress with all the different names of the Cowboys on it. And then she yeah. roasted the Cowboys by saying that they didn't even know there was more playoffs <laughs> after a certain point. Wow. And, and they showed Dak Prescott, and he was right there in the camera, and he gave this look like, oh, you got me. I yeah, can't I react, can't really though. Say can't react, though. <laughs> but I, I have to say, when I heard Kelly Clarkson was going to be the host of – You didn't think it was going to turn out that well, did you? I didn't. I didn't see the connection between Kelly Clarkson and the NFL honors, but nice I really job. thought she did a nice job. And she, that takes guts. To do that on a stage full of people with those guys actually there. To Chris's point, uh, Justin Jefferson is the Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, defensive Player of the Year went to Nick Bosa. Uh, There's and I one for give... you, Scraby. We, we yeah, threw you a you. bone, Scraby. There you go. Yeah. Nick Bosa is the is the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And I got to tell you, I enjoyed his speech. It was a it was a uh, a very good speech about chasing your dreams. Uh, he clearly has done that. Uh, what is this, a second year in the league? Third year? Third, third or year? fourth. Well, it'd be better if it's third because I was going to say, man, he, he's already got to defensive player of the year. It's not as impressive if it's his fourth year. You need to. Oh, oh it's not impressive. I, said it's, not, I said it's not as impressive. You know, he tore his ACL at one point as well, so he came back from that. He did that in college, didn't he? No, he did that in the pros. Uh, the Jets, the turf tore his ACL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. why he's a major proponent of getting rid of turf. And going grass. Nissan Stadium is going against everybody, yeah. taking out grass and putting in turf. But but that's for those who don't know, that's the stadium in Tennessee. Uh this is fourth year. Yeah, so it's not as impressive. Yeah, the but it's still impressive. In the stadium in Tennessee, uh this particular gra- artificial grass that you talk about, uh supposedly there is science supporting this specific this is different than the artificial turf grass that they have in every other stadium. But apparently this is supposed to help cut down on injuries versus I think what Nissan has is, 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 is 
regular grass yeah. right now, and it has the highest injury rate in all of football. And it's because they really can't grow grass very well there in Tennessee. Well, I can also pay a scientist to say that my fake grass is, is a lot is a lot it's better than all the, the NFL fake to grass. do something like that either. So that, <laughs> anyway, that one is thing I'm saying about Nick, one thing I'll just say about Nick Bosa guys real quick is that he owes a debt of gratitude to his brother Joey because uh, Nick Bosa before the AFC playoff game between the Chargers and the Jaguars, nobody in football could tell the difference between Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. <laughs> Nobody knew which team Joey played for, which team Nick played for, which guy point. was who. But Joey Bosa screwed up that Charger game so badly that now everybody knows that Joey Bosa is the dummy who plays for the Chargers and Nick Bosa is the star player who plays for the 49ers. And I say Nick Bosa owes Joey a little debt of gratitude for making that clear to everybody. You know what's funny is for the, for the longest time, I viewed them in opposite roles of how that played out. Joey always seemed like the calm one that kind of kept to himself. Nick was more the, the, the one who was, who was more outgoing, talked a little bit more. And after that incident, it's like, whoa, okay, well, the blow-up came from Joey, the quiet one. And I guess in yeah. some ways that makes sense. And Nick was the one that was able to kind of maintain the whole time. So – Congratulations to Nick Bosa. As Chris also mentioned, Brian uh, Dable gets Coach of the Year. Uh, he de- he certainly deserved it. I think, Does he? I think he deserved it for sure. I think he deserved it. Uh, but I don't know. I have I have an issue with the fact that just because you've been continuously been good, that you start to not even be mentioned in these conversations. Like, how isn't Andy Reid mentioned? At all, yeah. in, in, he in can't a ever win year. one of these awards. He can't win this. It's 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 mind blowing to me. Like he, all he's yeah. done is put up consistent win totals. I don't know for the last five years, and it's it, he gets he gets he, he gets close one year, and then it's like he just falls off the map. Like he's not coaching anymore. I can't. I yeah, can't for some it reason for he didn't do anything this year without Tyreek Hill. Like, <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a great po- it's a great point, Tony. But it's the same way in every sport, right? It is. I mean, it is Major League Baseball. You know, Dave Roberts has trouble winning Manager of the Year because he's managing such a great team going into the season. Whereas, you know, who's ever coaching the Pirates, if they just had a 500 season, they can win right. Manager of the Year. It's always worked that way. But, you know, if you wanted to choose somebody, I, I don't have a problem with Brian Dable winning either. And I do agree with your point about Andy Reid. But the one that I thought got overlooked there was the third finalist, Doug Peterson. I mean, yeah, he's he, another one. he took a team that was the worst team in football, not just one year in a row, two years in a row was the worst team in football. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. took them to the playoffs, won the division. Uh, they were playing terrific won ball at the end game. of the season. They won a playoff game, which, yeah, doesn't really count in this voting, but it, you know it does in my mind. I, I, I honestly would have voted for Doug Peterson for Coach of the Year. Uh, I would have given Dable that. second, Andy Reid third, and I would have put Kyle Shanahan in the also ran category where he belonged. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, Scraby <laughs> stepped away, so he didn't get a chance to hear that. I'll I'll remind him of it when he comes back. But I, I agree, yeah. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had a problem at all with uh with Doug Peterson winning that award because the Jags, considering what they came from, I mean there could have been a bunch of crushed souls after uh my man left uh, Meyer left 
but they they bounced back in in a large part because of Doug Peterson's leadership. So um, he doesn't win it, unfortunately for him. Brian De, Brian Dable does on the on the rookie sli- uh, rookie scale. The Jets swept across the board. They got yeah, the offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, um, who. Did we have Garrett on our show? I think we did have yes, Garrett Wilson we on our did. show. We did. The reason I drafted him in fantasy. Yeah, we had Garrett Wilson on the show. And then Sauce Gardner, who I think had the best tweet of the year. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. I'll bring in one of these shows we have. But it, it was a it was a compelling tweet that he put out. He gets the defensive uh, player of the year. He was dynamite. I mean, you wouldn't even have known he was a rookie by the way he played. Uh, he was excellent. The Jets got a good one. Comeback player of the year is the man who didn't write back. Geno Smith gets the comeback player of the year, the Walton Payton Man of the Year Award, which is, I'd say, the equivalent of the Roberto Clemente Award here in baseball. That goes to Dak Prescott. Let's get to break. 3 o'clock hour on the way. Daily Gambit. More Gwen and Chris.